Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you're a 415 you're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415 hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. What is going on, everyone? 415ers, yes, indeed, back again. First of, well, now many episodes involving the San Francisco 49ers included in the playoffs, Mark, because after a 21-13 win tonight at Lumen Field in Seattle, the 49ers lock up the NFC West title, their first since 2019, a massive win for the team, obviously now a chance in the dance in the playoffs is what you're working for all year what are you feeling right now mark uh i'm kind of in disbelief evan because you can rewind two months this team was three and four there were questions about their quarterback questions about their running back questions everywhere since then split between two different quarterbacks with the christian mccaffrey trade smack dab i mean i'm not in the middle but close to the to the beginning uh, of that i mean before that run uh and this team is suddenly NFC West champions. They've won in Seattle for just the second time in over a decade. By the way, both times that they've won in Seattle in that stretch has been to clinch the NFC West. So I guess the uh, the solution to the Niners' Seattle woes is just put a, an NFC West title on the line, and, and then maybe they'll get the job done. Uh, but a little bit of disbelief, Evan, because I've just been thinking back to where this team came from. And, of course, there's still a ton to accomplish this year. This was kind of – you know, check mark number one, win the division, try to get a, you know, a top seed in the NFC, try to win some playoff games, and who knows what can happen after that. Um, but a, a fantastic win for the 49ers, and uh, hopefully for the team, this is uh, the beginning of, you know, as you mentioned, a long postseason run. They certainly look like they could be gearing up for that. Yeah, and that, that was the first thing that really stood out to me tonight is, this is going to be a damn hard team to beat. Like quarterbacks aside, injuries aside, uh, they just simply do not wilt. I mean, even the mistakes we saw tonight, Mark, a few of which they did commit, it didn't really seem like it mattered because they don't really compound mistakes. And we'll get into the specifics of the game as we move along here. Appreciate everyone tuning in. Feel free to download, rate, and subscribe to the 415ers podcast on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. But this team is, look, they were three and four. I know they technically had McCaffrey, I guess, for that last loss of the the seven-game start. But since then, they have gone on an absolute 
tear. I mean, seven games in a row in which this defense has locked in almost unbelievably. I mean, I know Seattle scored 13 points tonight, but it felt like that was a really, really difficult 13 points that they edged out. Across this seven-game win streak, the most points that they have allowed is 17 to Miami Dolphins team that has been one of the better offenses in football, at least prior to that game. I mean, they have not allowed much in the second half. Uh, it, it seemed weird to see a team score a touchdown in the second half against them tonight in, in Seattle. Um, but Mark, this is a team right now that seems to be playing its best football. And each of the last three weeks now, I would say, even four going back to New Orleans, they have played consecutively more difficult teams and teams that offer sort of different styles and ways to attack you. And they've pretty much handled all of them with ease. So I know there's obviously, look, they haven't faced the cream of the crop in the NFC yet. That will hopefully be somewhere deep in the playoffs. But right now, if you're around the rest of the league and you're a team that has hopes at you know trying to come out of the NFC, you're all looking at San Francisco like, man, I like, I am not sure if we can beat those guys. Yeah, and even with a rookie quarterback, you know, at the helm, you you saw this time, and it wasn't an incredible Brock Purdy game by any stretch of the imagination. But when you consider the fact that he is a rookie quarterback making his first career road start. You had to come away impressed, 17-26, 217 yards, two touchdowns, did not turn the ball over, had a really important third down conversion with his legs that helped seal the game. There was one more first down, a big run by Jordan Mason at the very end where he almost got into the end zone from, what, almost 60 yards out. That was the final nail in the coffin for Seattle. But that third down late conversion by Brock Purdy with his legs, um, you know, kind of was, you know, the seal, sell, Sealed the deal for the 49ers yeah, no in, in that in that win. Um, so I, I think if you're you know an opponent, potentially a postseason opponent for the 49ers down the road, you're looking at this game, watching this game specifically. How does Brock Purdy handle a road postseason like environment? Because we hadn't seen that yet. And to your point, I think what they saw probably discouraged them because again, he wasn't fantastic. He's not going to be Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, of course not. No one is expecting that. But he seemed poised, calm, confident. There were a few wayward throws, probably more in this game than we've seen in either of his you know, previous two games, his one other start, and then three-plus quarters when Jimmy Garoppolo went down with, with his injury. Um, but he played good enough to win a game on the road against a quality football team, and you know he didn't make the back-breaking mistake that Niner quarterbacks have sometimes made in the past. So... All in all, Brock Purdy, kind of another check mark off his to-do list because he proved he can play well enough to win a game on the road in perhaps the most hostile environment in the NFL. So um, a good good piece of news there for the 49ers. Not only did they get the win, but they probably learned a little bit about their quarterback as well. Yeah, I agree. And, and that, to me, is what also makes this team just – like I, it's hard for me to really even figure out how good they are because they see when a player like Brock Purdy tonight, I don't think he played as even though his numbers might show he did, you know, didn't play as well as he did last week against Tampa or even the week before against Miami. But whenever a player on this 49ers team seems to take a step back, there's another player that takes a step forward. Like they play such complimentary football in a way that like, that they are able to sustain a down game from even their quarterback or a running back or 
a wideout or on the defensive side of the football, a cornerback, you know, even a guy like Nick Bosa making a roughing the passer penalty, he was still able to have really a dominant performance tonight in which he gets to the quarterback so often that you can you can live with the flag. He, of course, picked up his 15th and a half sack tonight. The Niners as a team had three. Like they come at you from so many different ways that even when one piece of, of the Jenga tower gets pulled out, like they still are stood up at seemingly all positions. So that that's what made this win even more impressive to me, Mark, is the fact that like it, it was kind of the first game that you were waiting for a rookie quarterback on the road, tough environment, had a little bit of the oblique injury, wasn't 100% going up against a Seattle team that, as 49ers fans are very aware of, is a tough place to play, a tough place to win. More importantly, I think they were 1-10 in 10 in their last 11 games up in Seattle. So it does not happen often. And Brock Purdy, along with the rest of that running game led by Christian McCaffrey, the defense really led by, I thought, Dre Greenlaw, uh, even your guy, Diamador Lenore, had a pretty good night on the outside. <laughs> had a pick um, six taken back, Evan. That he did. That he did. But the defense as a whole, it it didn't matter. Like, they, they put up a graphic late in the game about Seattle scoring their first offensive touchdown of the season <laughs> against the Niners because, of course, they didn't score an offensive touchdown back in week two. But it really just puts in a picture. I didn't even think at times the defense was playing extremely well. And yet, you look up at the end of each drive, Seattle's punting it away. First half, three three and outs. Uh, second half, they're struggling to move the ball down the field. It takes the last you know drive for them to try and create some random magic. Like This is a team in the 49ers that has so much momentum and so much confidence that it, it's hard for me to see that. And I, look, I picked them to lose this game against Seattle. I don't know if I'll be able to pick against them the rest of the season that's how impressed I was by this team. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yeah, so I mean, let's let's take a look at this. So the Niners were up by two scores for much of the game. What was it, twenty-one to six? Really, for a lot of that second half, after the really long uh, George Kittle touchdown, it it kind of stayed that way for much of the game. Seattle just getting field goals throughout much of the game, and then the Seahawks go down, and eventually Noah Fant gets into the end zone wide open. That was the one Niner breakdown defensively, really all game long. That drive specifically, there were a few chunk plays. And in the past, that, that touchdown, let me double-check here on the notes, that touchdown drive happens, it ends with what, a couple minutes left on the clock, three and a half minutes left on the clock. So plenty of time for them to go out and get a defensive stop and then come back and get the football. How many times watching this 49er football team in the past, you probably felt this, I know I was feeling it, I'm sure a lot of other Niner fans were feeling this. How many times 
have the Niners seemingly dominated controlled football games because of their defense. A number of games last year come to mind. Some games early this season. I, I remember specifically the, the Denver Bronco game where the offense simply couldn't do anything. But how many times do you feel the Niners dominating football games? They're up by multiple scores. Suddenly the opponent late in the fourth quarter goes down and gets a score. And all of a sudden things tighten up and you're worried. Can the offense get one first down, maybe two first downs and ice this game? And what has happened in the past sometimes is the offense can't get it done. They go three and out. The opponents get the ball right back. They go down and score, tie, force overtime, win, whatever the situation is. That has happened in the past with multiple different quarterbacks at the helm for the 49ers. It did not happen this time. I know it. It wasn't all Brock Purdy. He didn't deliver an incredible throw under pressure to a perfect, perfectly extended Brandon Ayuk. It was on the ground with Christian McCaffrey and Jordan Mason and Purdy himself. But to be able to go out in that situation, Evan, up by a score, knowing you need to at least possess the ball for a couple of minutes and ice a game, win the NFC West against your your rivals from the North on their field, the place that has been a house of horrors for your organization for years. And to get it done, I mean, for lack of a better term, I apologize. That takes balls, Evan. It really does. And Brock Purdy showed it in this game. He was dealing with an oblique injury. I know Adam Schefter tweeted out there were Niners people texting him throughout the game after the game saying, I'm not sure Brock Purdy's going to get through this one. He's in a lot of pain. He, he made it through it and he had a, a gigantic third-down conversion with his legs. Again, he wasn't fantastic. He's not going to blow you away with the numbers, but he checked off a lot of, of major boxes for me in this game. Just dealing with this atmosphere, uh, huge, huge for the 49ers. I, I'm, I'm with you, and I do want to get into Brock Purdy. Um, I, I think that with Brock's performance tonight, like – I don't know if that performance for him individually is good enough to win a road playoff game. If he, you know, if he plays that way, I expect him to play better, but the toughness that he showed is something that you need no matter what situation you're in. That's where I'm with you. Like there was a, a sense of, of grittiness and grinding out clearly a, a game in which he was not either a hundred percent physically or did not play to his potential. He did not have a great game. And yet the team, Largely, I felt like dominated this game. I mean, they go up 21-3, um, you know, right out of the third quarter. They they get basically, you know, what Kyle Shanahan dreams of, which is an opportunity first front end of the first half yep. and then or front end of the first half, pardon me, and then to begin the second half as well. Um, and, and, and I do want to say this, Mark, because I, I know that, like, I personally have come down his road a little bit. I think some people have sort of question Kyle Shanahan at different turns throughout this season. But, and he's still pretty young, wildly enough, as a head coach. This has been his best head coaching job. And I don't know if it's been close. With everything that he has undergone, like I, I know you could make maybe a case that 2020 should have been a season that, you know, you're supposed to bounce back after making the Super Bowl and get to a different level, but injuries cost you that. Uh, 2021 last year, it feels similar in a sense of they start three and five. They go on this run this year. They start three and four. They win their, their next seven, except you didn't have to go through not one, yeah, not two, but three starting quarterbacks. And for Kyle Shanahan also to have the dual duties as a general manager 
to be able to go out and make personnel decisions like bringing in Christian McCaffrey, like cashing in your chips middle of the way to try and get that playmaker who we saw tonight touch the ball 30-plus times, who was mm-hmm. unbelievable. Like, that is the credit that Kyle Shanahan gets for helping this team not only come back out of a, a pit of despair in which a lot of people were kind of putting this team in midway through the year, but then dr- being the driving force in many ways to why this offense has been elevated both on and off the field and why they are now 10-4 and four, having won their first division title since 2019. Tip of the cap to Kyle Shanahan. It's a really good point. I mean, if, if this was a normal year where there wasn't kind of an upstart Eagles team with one loss. I mean, Kyle Shanahan would, would probably be the the lock for coach of the year at this point, not necessarily because what the Niners are doing, you know, if you rewound to the beginning of the season, not because this is all that surprising. I think you, you know, there were probably a decent amount of people saying the Niners could get to double digit wins. Um, but just uh, like to your point, how it happened with all the injuries specifically to the quarterback position, it certainly elevates um, what he did, you you brought up a, a key moment in the game, kind of the, the late first half, early second half double dip. That was obviously a key moment, but it was before that I thought that turned this game around. If you remember, late in the first half, Niners had the ball, I think, around midfield, and it was Brock Purdy's worst throw of the night. Put it right between the numbers, but to Seattle's Quandre Diggs on a pass over the middle. I think he was looking for Brandon Ayuk. Uh, and you just simply didn't see Quandre Diggs kind of playing center field. Diggs drops what would have been the easiest interception of his career. Niners catch a huge break. They eventually punt. You know, they they pin Seattle back, and then what happens on that drive for the Seahawks? A nice little dump off to, to Travis Homer, the running back, and the Niners, led by Dre Greenlaw, pop the ball free. It's, it's scooped up. The Niners take it all the way down and, and almost score on that one. It ultimately becomes a Christian McCaffrey touchdown. And that is the score to close the first half. And then, of course, they score in that large Kittle play to open the second half. So the Niners caught a bit of a break. It was that that Diggs dropped interception. It was Brock Purdy's worst throw probably as a pro. You got to get lucky in games like this on the road in Seattle. The Niners did on, on that opportunity. But what really um, stands out is they they then take advantage of that mistake. The game could have really, really turned uh, because even without that interception, the Seahawks suddenly kind of are feeling amped up, feeling good about themselves. They force that punt. They get the ball back. And then Dre Greenlaw steps in. You shouted him out early. He was really good once again. Uh, and, and they ultimately turn it into a, a quick 14 points spanning the two halves. So that was my my key moment in this football game right there. 